This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. The LJS Podcast is brought to you with the support of listeners like you. If you get value out of this podcast, please consider adding value back by leaving us a one-time, monthly, or annual donation at learnjazzstandards.com slash support. We appreciate your help. All right, what's up, everybody? My name is Brent. You're listening to the LGS Podcast. If this is your first time listening, I want to give you an especially warm welcome. And if you are coming back again, I want to welcome you back. Thanks for listening, as always. I appreciate it. The LGS Podcast is all about giving out jazz advice, jazz tips, jazz lessons, everything about jazz, and that's really what Learn Jazz Standards is all about. Whether you read on the blog or you listen on the podcast, we're all about spreading jazz education to the entire world. So on today's episode 40, yes, it's the big episode 40 for us today, I'm going to be talking about an important jazz improv technique and how to use it. Very excited to talk about this uh, particular technique. Uh, it's going to be an episode today where there's going to be a, a lot of, of stuff to take home with you and practice. Uh, we don't always have episodes like that. Sometimes I'm just talking about different jazz subjects. Uh, but every once in a while, I like to throw in an actual jazz lesson, something for you to uh, go into the practice room with and really pay attention to this week. So I'm going to tell you what that jazz technique is in a second. But as I always do on this show, I want to invite you into our jazz community. Learn Jazz Standards is a jazz community over and above a podcast and over and above a blog. And and I want to invite you into that. And the best way to do that is, is to go sign up for our newsletter. And you can do that at learnjazzstandards.com slash newsletter. When you sign up, you're going to be getting weekly jazz tips and jazz advice from us. Not only that, you will be getting on the inside of things that regular listeners and users do not get. So join us, become part of our jazz community, sign up at learnjazzstandards.com slash newsletter. You will not regret it. Okay, now for today's episode 40, like I said, we're going to be talking about an important jazz improv technique, something that you can practice with. Now, I want to mention for those listening on iTunes, uh, YouTube, that in in the show notes, there's going to be a lot of examples of what I'm talking about today. I will have audio examples for you in the show for you to listen to, but I know, especially with this particular concept, it can be really helpful to visualize what I'm talking about. So if, if you want to go check out the show notes, go to the website, go to learnjazzstandards.com. In the top menu, click podcast, and then find this episode 40, and you'll see all of the musical examples that I'm giving out today in the show notes. Very important if you're not doing that. Uh, If you're not able to go to the website right now, 
Uh, just keep this reference for later. Go ahead. You can listen to this episode. And then if you'd like, check back to the show notes later. Now, today's concept is called enclosure. What exactly is enclosure? Let's find out now. Okay, let's talk about enclosure. Now, what is enclosure? Here's a good definition for you. Enclosure is the process of approaching a target note from above and below, either diatonically or chromatically. It's a common technique used in jazz language. And let me just speak to that really quick. Whenever we're talking about music theory, chord scale theory, any of that kind of stuff, it's a way for us to conceptualize what we're actually hearing in jazz music. If you want to learn jazz language, you of course have to go to the recordings and you of course have to listen to jazz greats, learn the music by ear in order to really truly get it. But when we're talking about music theory, music theory can be used to help us conceptualize what we're hearing. And that's essentially what enclosure is. It's helping us conceptualize sounds that we are hearing. So one more time, let me read to you the definition of enclosure. Enclosure is the process of approaching a target note from above and below, either diatonically or chromatically. Now, to fully understand what enclosure is, you need to understand what I mean by a target note, okay? A target note is simply the note you plan on resolving to, okay? It's gonna be the note that ends your phrase, or in this case, ends your enclosure. Now, you'll get this as I continue to explain it and as we play the musical examples. Remember that we will have all these musical examples in the show notes in this episode. So if you're not there, if you're listening somewhere else, you can go to learnjazzstandards.com, go to podcast in the top menu and find this episode 40. All the examples will be listed there for you. Okay, so what would a target note be? Now, a great target note is often the third of a chord. Let's say we're playing a C major 7 chord. Well, what is the third of that chord? The third of that chord is E. So the third is, is an example of a note you could resolve to. You can really resolve to any note in a chord, but the target note would be the note that we want to arrive at. Okay, now the other thing you need to understand is the difference between a diatonic approach note and a chromatic approach note. Because remember, I said that enclosure is the process of approaching a target note from above and below, either diatonically or chromatically. Okay, so a diatonic approach refers to a note approaching the target tone that is related to the given key center. For example, a B approaching a C in the key center of C major is diatonic, right? It's related to the key that we're referring to in, in the key of C major. Now, a chromatic approach refers to a note approaching the target note, the target tone that is, is not related to the given key center. For example, a C sharp approaching a C in the key of C major is chromatic. Okay, so let's go over our first example of enclosure. Now, if you're following along on the show notes, this is example number one. Take a listen. Let me play it for you one more time. I'll always play each example twice.
Okay, so nothing too complicated here. This is a three-note enclosure, what we call a three-note enclosure. In this particular case, the target note is the root, which is C. In this case, we're approaching a C major 7 chord, and the target note is the root C. It's being approached by a whole step above, which is D natural, and a half step below B. Again, if you look at your example number one in the show notes, you'll see this example better and be able to visualize it. So the target note is being approached by two notes, which makes it a three note enclosure, but enclosure isn't just limited to that. So here's an enclosure using four notes. This is example number two. Quickly note that the approach tones are, in these examples so far, acting as pickup notes into the beat one of the, the measure of the chord we are targeting. Okay, so in this particular case, we are targeting the third of C major 7, which is E. That is the note we are arriving at. It is approached diatonically from above, so G natural is that first note in the enclosure, and then diatonically from below, the D natural and then chromatically from below D sharp so you have this this diatonic from above the G natural and then this chromatic run the D to the D sharp into the E natural so this makes for a really nice sounding resolution and like I said before uh, when you're trying to differentiate one chord from another the third is a very powerful note it really helps define the chord so the third can be a great uh, a target note to use when you're doing enclosure or really trying to define any kind of chord in a given chord progression. In this case, we're only targeting one chord at a time. We'll get to the chord progression thing in a little bit. Okay, so we can also use an enclosure where the target note is played twice. So far, we've only had the target note being played once. So here's what that would sound like. This is example three. Again, in this particular enclosure, the target note is played twice. So if you take a look at this, it starts with F natural, then goes to E natural, which is our target note. It's the third of C major 7. And then D sharp, and then back to our E natural, our target note. So this one is both diatonically approached by F, and then chromatically approached by D sharp, by a half step. Okay, so... There's many possibilities for enclosure, as you can see already. Most of this is fairly simple concepts. Uh, it's, it's a lot about application. Before we go into a little bit more application, let's talk about one other kind of enclosure we haven't talked about, and that's approaching starting from below. So far in all of our examples, we've started our approach from above the target note. So now we're going to approach from below. So here is example number four. For this particular example, we're back to a three-note enclosure. So this one, in this case, the seventh, the B natural in the C major seven is being targeted. And it's being approached chromatically from below, A sharp is where it starts, and then a diatonically from above, C in half steps. Okay, so it's not too difficult of a concept, but the real question is, how do we start getting enclosure to come out in our playing? How do we actually 
apply enclosure because so far we've looked at it over just one kind of chord, a, a C major seven chord isolated by itself. How do we actually apply this and start getting this into our playing? That's what we're going to go over next. Hey everybody, just taking a quick break from today's show to talk to you about our e-course, 30 Days to Better Jazz Playing. You know, I get emails almost every day from jazz musicians asking the questions, what do I practice and how do I practice? They know where they want to be in their jazz playing, they know how they want to sound, they're just not exactly sure how to get there. And that's why me and the LGS team have created our new e-course, 30 Days to Better Jazz Playing. 30 Days to Better Jazz Playing is an audio e-course that brings you through 30 days of focused, goal-oriented practicing where you're going to be working on things that will actually improve your jazz playing. This course is designed for all instruments and for all skill levels and is really great for anybody looking to practice with purpose and to make real improvement in their jazz playing. If you want to learn more about this e-course, go to learnjazzstandards.com slash 30 days. That's learnjazzstandards.com slash 30days. I hope to see you in the course. So the question is, what can we do to get enclosure to come out in our playing? How can we actually apply this? So there's really three ways I think that we can practice enclosure patterns, okay? And the first way is just simply by isolating single chords, which is exactly what we just did. We just did that over a major seventh chord. Now, you can do this, of course, for all kinds of different chords, any of the different seventh chords that you can think of. You can do this for minor seventh chords, dominant seventh chords, half diminished chords, uh, uh, diminished seventh chords. You can apply this concept of enclosure to all those different kinds of chords. And so I encourage you to think creatively and to sit down in your practice room and and just kind of dissect this idea of enclosure like we just did and try out different ways you can use enclosure using four-note enclosures and three-note enclosures to figure out ways that you can approach different chord tones of these chords. And again, you don't have to just stick to the thirds. You can stick. You can try other different chord tones, like the fifth or, or the sixth or the seventh. You can try all kinds of different things. Be creative with that and, and isolate single chords. Now, the second way that you can apply enclosures is to scales. Okay, use scales. Now, this this not only is really great for your technique using using enclosures and you know kind of taking your scales to a creative level. It also will help you start getting this concept into your muscle memory and into your instrument and into your music. Okay, so this is a great way to just practice this concept and, and just start getting it worked into your playing so that it just naturally starts coming out in your playing. Okay, so let's take a listen to an example like that. This is example number five. And we're going to be taking a C major scale. We'll stay simple with just a C major scale. And we're going to imply, uh, apply a four-note enclosure to this scale. Take a listen to this.
Okay, so the enclosure pattern being used in this particular scale is the same as the example number three where the target note is being played twice. Okay, so notice how the target note walks up the C major scale if you're on the show notes. The first target note is C, so the target notes are really walking up the scale, but the enclosure pattern starts before that. So it actually, if you're looking at just the first measure, the first target note being C, it starts on D, which is the second, so it goes D, C, which is the target note, and then B, diatonic approach note, half step to C. That's the first enclosure. And then the next enclosure, it targets the D, which is the second tone of the scale. So it starts on E, okay, then it goes to D, then it goes down to C sharp, so now it's a chromatic approach back up to the D. So the target note is being played twice, and it just walks up the scale like that. You can learn that by ear, or I would suggest going to the show notes and taking a look at that so you can get the idea. Now, this is a great thing to practice, this scale and this enclosure pattern over this particular scale. And of course, to take this even further, you would apply other scales to this, your natural minor scale, your melodic minor scale, your mixolydian scale, you can do your Dorian mode, all kinds of different scales. You can apply this concept to it, and it's a great thing for your technique, and it's really ultimately a great way to start getting this concept into your muscle memory and into your music, okay? So the second way to apply enclosure is onto scales. Now, the third way we can apply enclosure is over different harmonic contexts, right? Just singling out a chord or a scale, that's one thing, but to apply the concept into, per se, a chord progression like a 2-5-1, popular chord progressions in jazz, 1-6-2-5-1, 2-5-1. You could even apply this over song forms like the blues, or you can you can make enclosure exercises over entire songs, um, but this is a, a great way to start applying this even further. So for this this last example, I'm going to give you example number six. I'm going to give you a two five one enclosure. Okay, so it's enclosures over a two five one chord progression, and it's going to be targeting the third of each chord. So take a listen to this example six. So over this 2-5-1, I'm using three note enclosures, and you'll notice that I'm anticipating the target note by uh, an eighth note. So it's on the and of four that I'm anticipating uh, these target notes. Now, if you take a look at the, the first enclosure leading into the D minor 7, this is a 2-5-1 in, in C major, so it's D minor 7, G dominant 7, and then C major 7. So that first one is F sharp. Okay, that's a chromatic approach. And then it's an E natural, so diatonic approach, half step into F natural, which is the target note, the third of D minor 7. Now take a look at the enclosure leading into G dominant 7. It starts on C, okay? C would be uh, a diatonic approach. Then it goes to A sharp. That would be a chromatic approach, half step into B natural, which is the third of G7. Okay, now for the last enclosure leading into the C major 7, it's starting on 
an F, which is a diatonic approach. And then it is going to a D sharp, which is a chromatic approach, half step into E natural, which is the target note, the third of C major seven. Now, this is just one example of, of, of the basics of applying enclosure to a chord progression. Now, of course, you can apply all kinds of different types of enclosure patterns to this. You can try a bunch of different kinds of chord progressions. This is just one example. And to take this even further, you can go ahead and, and actually connect the dots, make actual lines, compose actual lines, because in and of itself, this isn't entirely musical. It's kind of like a connect the dots sort of a game. You know, you, you have this basic idea of enclosure, but how do you turn it into actual music? That would be the next step, not something that I'm going to go over exactly right now. However, uh, I am in having a link in the show notes. It goes to uh, an enclosure exercise over a blues. It's an example of how I have connected the dots with enclosure. Uh, that's on our blog, so you can check that out in the show notes so you can see that and go further with that. But to to take it further for yourself, that's what I would suggest doing is practice taking this concept of enclosure and applying it like I just did to a chord progression and then connect the dots and create musical lines over that. So enclosure is a great way to start getting jazz language to come out in your playing. It's a way to conceptualize some of those sounds that you hear in jazz with these diatonic and chromatic approach notes going into target notes. So it's a great concept to work on. I hope that you'll practice that this week and, and work on getting this into your playing. All right, that's all for today's episode. I want to thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in. And if you have anything else to add for today's lesson on today's episode 40, if you're on the website and go to the comment section, leave us a comment and let us know what you think or if you have anything else to add. Now, remember, if you got value out of today's podcast episode, consider adding value back by leaving us uh, a one-time monthly or annual donation helps us to continue the production of this podcast. So we appreciate your support. You can go to learnjazzstandards.com slash support. Now we're going to be coming out with episode number 41 next week. I'm looking forward to seeing you then. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.